Welcome to the Trailer Cast with Elise Snipes. Each week, I will be sharing with you from inside my vintage trailer where I work as a therapist and share some of my musings on the human experience. I am endlessly fascinated and inspired by people. I love being a therapist and I'm deeply grateful for the intimate and beautiful work I get to do. I believe we are wildly capable of healing and making this world a better place, and this is my attempt at doing that. Sharing beauty to invoke beauty. May you find yourself inside these stories and ponderings and be better for it. Cheers. Hi, and welcome back to TrailerCast. Today, we're going to be doing a listener letter episode. And this is where I respond to your questions and a kind of modern-day Dear Abby approach. These episodes have become some of my favorites, and they're actually becoming some of your favorites, too. They're some of the most listened to. And I think that there's a sense of curiosity that develops within us, this idea that we wonder what other people are asking about, and if somehow that might pertain and relate to our own life and experience as well. So if you have a question that you'd like to ask, you can email me. It doesn't have to be related to any specific topic, as you'll hear today. It's just kind of something that you might be going through. Um, feel free to email me at hello at elisesnipes.com. Okay, also, the news. Do you know what I'm about to say about the Feel Better Workshop? It launched this week, you guys, and I am like, I am giddy. So if you don't know what I'm talking about, stop everything Go to my website and check it out, elisesnipes.com. This is the Feel Better Workshop I launched um, this week. The Feel Better Workshop is your place to access practical information focused on wellness, equipping you to feel better so you can live better. This first workshop is the perfect place to start. It's one hour of super approachable, super helpful content that will help you learn how to describe exactly how you're feeling, know what to do with these feelings, give you a variety of ways to take this work and awareness further, connecting it to your past, present, future. So I also, I recorded this video in my trailer, which was awesome. So it's one hour, it's $50, it's a deal. Go do that for yourself today. Would love to know what you think. So one of the main reasons that people seek therapy is to gain a greater awareness and handle on how they're feeling, right? I know that sounds like a no-brainer, but the thing that they often lack is actual tools that they can use to feel better in general. So every one of us has this idea of better. If I felt better in this area, category, relationship, if I had a general overall understanding of how I was feeling, then I would feel more clarity, right? Less confusion. I'd have more ease, more peace. And this comes from learning and practicing this skill set. So if you have ever felt removed from your feelings, like kind of at a loss for words of how to describe how you're actually doing, or completely overwhelmed, sunk by your emotions, and not totally sure how to get out, then this first workshop, Feel Better, Live Better, it covers this exact broad spectrum of experience and will give you a simple, clear way forward. So give yourself the tools you need this year to keep finding the clarity and confidence you're looking for. You're worth it. You're worth it. Okay, let's dive into these letters. Hi, Elise. I have a very close friend who is a victim of absolutely everything. 
She complains, bitches, use sarcasm with almost every word that comes out of her mouth, which I will respond to with empathy and will offer some way that I can support her, only for her to respond with, no, that's okay. I'm being more intentional with the people I surround myself with, and the more and more I grow, the more and more I realize how unhealthy she is and how hard it is for me to be around her. My dilemma is this. I'm really good at giving up on people. It's something that I want to change. I want to be more loving and forgiving because I am. How can I be more loving to this friend of mine while also not feeding into her victim mentality? Mm. This is real, guys. That idea of personal growth coming at some form of risk or cost. And sometimes we can feel growing pains when we're growing at different rates than the people around us. It could be friends or parents or spouses, you name it. Especially when someone around us is very stuck. And that's what it sounds like with your friend. So I think it is wise to consider who you are surrounding yourself with. So that even when or if you choose this friend, you do so with awareness rather than obligation. She might shift from being a friend you feel like reciprocity with to a friend you choose to love right where she is. The caveat to this is that love does not always look like biting your tongue and being nice. Sometimes it is the most loving thing in the world to tell someone the truth. So with your friend, I might ask her if she's okay. I mean, like really okay. When people breed this type of extreme negativity, there can be a component of powerlessness. A feeling that everything is awful, it will always be this way, and there's nothing I can do about it. Which is a really exhausting and depressing place to live. Ultimately, she has to decide if she's going to pick up her mat and walk or not. You can ask the question, but she has to choose to get up or stay where she is. I'm also going to tell you that my heart stung a little when I read that line, I'm really good at giving up on people. It made me wonder who you have given up on, what pain you have incurred that makes you want to guard your heart in this way. It makes me want to peel back some of your layers to see who left or who did you ask to leave? Who do you wish was still here? And do you want to do something about that? For your own consideration, are there past relationships you're looking to repair? Maybe on the canvas of this current relationship. Do you want to invite anyone back in? And if so, what is keeping you from doing that? However you decide to proceed with your friend, I hope you do so with soft courage, with brave openness that makes room for others as well as yourself as you journey further into this beauty. Dear Elise, first of all, thank you so much for your podcast. I heard you on the Rise podcast and wanted to check it out. My question is, would you be able to do a podcast on therapy as it applies to family dynamics? I'm having anxiety attacks, ulcers, etc., physical manifestations of my inner stress created from my family dynamics because it's odd, not abnormal, but difficult to navigate because my family prides themselves on being supportive and leaving a legacy and family first and saying all the right things, but I can feel in my bones it's not always honest which is confusing and makes me feel ungrateful when I don't meet their expectations of what gratitude for family looks like because I don't feel the authenticity or the ease I so desperately want to feel with those closest to me. 
Can you speak to that at all or give tools to manage familial expectations without compromising one's personal values? Thanks. Girl, this is a heavy one. I feel your angst in reading this. Some like tear at some guttural primal level. Torn between wanting to be a good daughter and also true to yourself. At some point, each of us will encounter an opportunity for individuation to healthily separate from our family of origin and forge our own way forward. When the nuclear family perceives this as a threat or a violation of family culture, it can be extremely confusing and shameful for the person who is branching out, in this case, you. So let's clear something up. Legacy is not something you have to do. It is a byproduct of who you are. Okay, it's the jet stream, if you will. So because you launched, because you flew, the jet stream was produced. You can't be the jet stream or force it. You can only leave it behind you. You are the jet. If this legacy or set of rules your family is insisting on feels claustrophobic for you, to the point of causing ulcers and such severe dis-ease, how can you do anything else but listen to that, honor that? You are not making this up. You are not overreacting. Your body is revolting against this, dare I say, falsehood, maybe because you can't. See, our bodies can do that for us. Break down when we are still forcing ourselves to show up and suit up and smile and go along and put the face on and do the thing. The body tells the truth. And your body is telling you something. Listen to it. As far as managing familial expectations, I want you to do some work on your individual identity, separate from your family. What are your values? What do you want to leave in this world, apart from everyone else? And then see what lines up with your family of origin. You might have points of convergence, and you might have parts of divergence. That is to be expected. And then live from this inner rule of life, from your way of being. I am going to challenge you when you said those closest to me, that you might need to consider this as well, that level out your inner circles of influence. If your closest inner circle is causing you this much distress, you might need to broaden it or swap in the second string players for your starting lineup. You are right that the, with your closest people, you should feel ease. Trust your gut, not the one full of ulcers, your other one, the one that whispers it shouldn't feel this way and don't compromise. Dear Elise, I recently discovered your podcast and I'm hooked. My question is about trauma. When I was a college athlete, I was abused by my coach for four years. I responded to this by sweeping those memories under the rug and becoming a college coach myself with the hopes of helping other young women have the athletic experience and support they deserve. I love my athletes. I cry with them when they're injured, hold their hands when their mom dies, and dance with joy at the triumphs on and off the court. And yet this sport and this career hasn't given me any relief from the feelings of worthlessness and not enough. After several years of ignoring the flashbacks, anxiety, and dissociating, I finally accepted the reality. I have PTSD. And that on top of 80-hour work weeks, it's making me consider walking away from this life. 
is it possible to heal from trauma while continuing to be in the environment in which it happened? I feel so selfish leaving these kids in order to heal, and I'm worried about making a huge mistake. Mm. Let me start with, I am so sorry. Abuse is never okay, and never your fault, ever. I am amazed at your strength and desire to create beauty out of your pain by entering the same field where your abuse took place. And I believe you that it is exhausting, and it would be anyways without the heaviness of your own trauma also weighing on you all the time. Trying to sweep big things like abuse under the rug tends to result in some pretty severe symptoms, like many of the ones you mentioned. And this is because as people, we are seeking integration, moving towards wholeness. And when we don't have the tools to hold all the bad with all the good, we get fractured, separated from ourselves, which causes anxiety, despair, stress, often physical feelings of feeling sick. And while none of this is enjoyable, it is a common response to trauma, especially to trauma against the body. If you want a good resource, I would recommend The Courage to Heal. It's a book you can grab on Amazon. And I would strongly suggest going through it with a therapist as it is a super, super in-depth book. Okay, now let's get some of this straightened out. Your feelings of worthlessness and not enoughness are not ever going to be resolved in your players because they are not the ones who hurt you. No matter how selflessly you give yourself to your players, it will never be enough, because you are the one who needs the care, protection, love, and strength you are providing for them. Use this as your way back to yourself. All the things you so desperately want to give to your players Consider how this may be related to what you need for your own healing. So yes, it is possible to heal from trauma in the environment where it occurred. And I think you can have both, your work of healing and your work. I also think that 80-hour work weeks are absurd and not healthy. Also, you are not selfish. Not selfish for taking care of yourself or taking the time you need to heal. You are free, free to stay, free to do this work, free to leave and do this work, but do the work of healing. There is good life on the other side, promise. Dear Elise, last night I lost one of my closest friends to suicide. I know this is by no means a new topic to the mental health community, and even though there are so many suicide awareness things going on, I still find that there are a lot of misconceptions and misunderstandings around it. I feel like the way you share about mental health issues is more relatable and understandable for the average person, so maybe this is something you can convey in a way that more people can understand. I am still in shock over it all because my friend didn't fit the stereotypical type of someone you'd think would do something like that. Her depression did not look like any of the hallmark things suicide awareness puts out there. For all the years I had known her, she was never one to get overly excited or deeply sad about anything. She was a steady rock, or so that was the perception. Everyone generally described her as an optimistic and even-keeled person. 
She was always an incredible friend to everyone and always made time to help anyone who was in need. The only thing that really changed over this year was she was diagnosed with a fairly rare disease. She handled the diagnosis and everything that came along with it so much better than I ever would have. She was strong and always talked about it like it was something she could handle, and she was always optimistic when faced with all of the pain and unknowns that came along with it. This is why so many of us have been left baffled. What were we missing? I always thought I would notice if depression showed up. I even expected it after she was diagnosed and felt like I was looking for the signs, but somehow we all just didn't see it. She was always a very independent person and for the most part lived alone, and I know she had a hard time asking for help, but I guess I always assumed that if she was really feeling that desperate, she would say something or something would change to where I would notice it. She left many of her friends and family letters, and it was heart-shattering to finally hear the things she was not sharing with anyone. There were things I never knew, and she hid them well. She had a megawatt smile that convinced us all that she was okay. There are a lot of regrets felt by all of the people who loved her. I don't even know if there is a question in this so much as I wish more people knew what I know now, and that is that just because someone can still get out of bed and do all the difficult things life demands of them does not mean that they're not hurting. I wish I would have listened more and gone with my better judgment that says when someone is walking through something difficult, you don't give them space and let them walk alone, even if that's what they are asking for. What I learned from her letter is that she felt trapped in her inability to let others in, and she really needed the people around her to show up and check in, even though she wasn't asking. Ultimately, she said she felt like a burden, and her disease could potentially take away the only thing she found comfort and stability in, which was being able to take care of herself. She had so many people who would have loved to help her and never would have seen her as a burden, but we never knew that is how she felt. I want everyone to know that your happy, optimistic friend can still be the one in deep pain. If we know someone is struggling, don't always take their words at face value. If I would have treated her the way I know I would need to be treated while walking through what she was, maybe things would have ended differently. I'm not trying to blame myself for her death, but I will always hold regrets for not paying closer attention, for not seeing her, I'm just tired as worn down to total physical and mental exhaustion, for not seeing the happy-go-lucky attitude as just a mask for the pain. I can't bring my friend back, even though I'd give anything to. But maybe if more people knew your friends don't have to fit the stereotype to be at risk, if you know they are struggling, check in no matter what, no matter how well you think they are handling things. Maybe if more people knew, we would lose fewer truly amazing people. Whether you read this on your podcast or not, or if you even just use pieces of it, thank you for letting me say it. It's a hard thing to wrap my mind around and my heart is heavy, but things like this help me try to start processing it. Thank you. So I don't need to add a single word to that beautiful letter. Let's just honor it with a moment of silence for those we have lost to suicide. Dear Elise, I freaking love your podcast. 
The way you share your experiences and wisdom is truly amazing, and I love every minute of it. You add beauty to the world through what you are doing. Your most recent podcast instantly brought someone to my mind, and I felt like maybe you would have some insight on something I am trying to deal with. I have a situation that I would guess is not unique to me and is possibly something you could one day discuss on your podcast if you have any ideas, insights, or suggestions. One of my best friends, who I have known since childhood, is really, really struggling right now but she is not exactly the most open when it comes to emotions. She is an incredibly good listener and is the go-to person for me and probably most anyone who knows her, and she always has the best insights and is wise far beyond her years, but she does not do a whole lot of talking about herself. I have known her for most of my life, and she has never been super open, but I feel like when I get close to a subject that is tough for her or when I know she is really struggling, she pulls away. On the outside, you would never know if she is having the best day of her life or the worst, and that still holds true even though we are pretty close. She is incredibly good at hiding her feelings and emotions, which makes her super hard to read sometimes. The only leg up I have on knowing if something is bothering her is trying to play pay close <laughs> The only leg up I have on knowing if something is bothering her is trying to pay close attention to even the slightest hint she drops or when she pulls back and I don't hear from her in days. I'm worried about her, and I'm not sure how to best approach this. She has walked through some of the most difficult things life can throw at you, and is one of the most resilient people I know, but I'm worried she is in a dark spot and is retracting deeper into it. Suicide is something she was exposed to at a young age, and part of me always worries if she thinks about that more than the average person because of it. I wish there was something I could do for her or give her to help her through the season. She is the ultimate giver, but I don't think she even knows how to receive a good thing. She is one of those people that would give until it killed her because I don't think she sees her worth. It makes me tear up just writing that and thinking about how little good she allows herself. Based on what I know as someone who has known her for a long time and hears the things that come out of her mouth, I know she does not think highly of herself, no matter how amazing I tell her she is. I want to be sensitive to whatever she is going through, but I also don't want to ignore what is worrying me in the name of giving her space. I think she started seeing a therapist, she mentioned it once, but she has not talked about it and I don't want to pry and make her feel uncomfortable, but hopefully she is. So now that you have the gist of it, what would be your advice for loving someone well through a season where I know she is struggling with something heavy, but she would never bother anyone by reaching out and saying she needs help? How do you help pull someone out of the dark? How do you help someone that does not think they are worth the help? I so badly want her to have that cork board up in her heart so she will really hear me when I tell her she is loved and worth more than words can express. She is my kid's favorite person on the planet, and I want her to be around for a long time. I would love any advice or suggestions on this. Thank you. Gosh, isn't that ironic? And it feels like the letter before this answers this one. Did you hear that too? So friend, press in, show up, impose yourself on this friend. I wonder what would happen if you even shared the letter you wrote to me to her. Let her know how amazing she is and tell her all the things. Love her well. You see, it's already inside of you. Open this vulnerability to her and hopefully she will su follow suit in time. I'm so thankful that she has you. 
Hello, Elise. I have been binge listening to your podcast over the past few weeks and just want to let you know how wonderful I think it is. I also attended Rise and know just how vulnerable you were up there. It was incredible and I want to thank you for being you. I am writing with a question I am hoping you may be able to tackle on your podcast. Currently, I've been feeling quite overwhelmed with a few things going on in my life. In particular, some issues that have been plaguing my mother. My mother suffers from severe anxiety and is in a verbally abusive relationship with my alcoholic stepfather. I only recently have become aware of what has been going on as my mom has tried to keep it secretive. I suspect due to feelings of shame and guilt, among other things. I am an adult-only child, and my mother has isolated herself given her lack of self-confidence and fear from years of this abuse, and currently has no other close friends or family that she has spoken to about these issues, resulting in a massive weight on my shoulders to be her savior. I have encouraged her to reach out to a local women's shelter and support groups, as I know only a community of many will help her through this, but she simply will not take the first steps towards healing. She indicates to me she wants out, but will not take any action on those wishes. I fear that all of my encouragement and ideas for action are suffocating to her, but I absolutely cannot stand by and let her simply survive rather than truly live. I'd love to hear your thoughts on on helping family members who need and want help but don't seem to have the strength to take real action on their own. Thank you so much, Elise. Oh man, this is too real. And I wish your mom was writing in. I wish you would raise her hand for the help and perspective she needs to know she is not alone, to know that verbal abuse is abuse, emotional abuse is abuse, that it is okay to leave an abusive situation. Being in an abusive relationship is like being in a one-woman cult. It is difficult and amoebic and ambiguous to try and define or explain all the things that encompass mind control, emotional manipulation, and the pain of verbal abuse that goes unseen especially after years and years, and especially when you are riding the roller coaster of another person's addiction. What your mom is going through is real. And the worst part of it is, is that women often stay stuck. Sometimes because of financial dependence, sometimes because of children or religious beliefs, because we don't believe them unless we see bruises. See, I'm calling all of this out right now. We all need to hear this because we all need to believe the brave voices who are raising their hands and asking for help. Abuse is abuse. Things you can say to your mom, I believe you. This is real. You are not making this worse than it is. You need space to gain clarity and get safe. It is not selfish to take care of you. There are so many strong women who have gone before you and are here for you to help. All you need to do is raise your hand. So here's the thing. You can't make her. But if she is ready, she might need you to literally just pick her up, put her in the car, and drive her away. Don't force her hand. If she's not ready, she'll go right back. Just like addicts need to hit their bottom, so do people who are addicted to other people. You're a good daughter. You don't have to be her savior. Listen to your gut. She needs the help. She doesn't need strength. She needs resources and to decide to cross that threshold. Dear Elise, first, I just want to say thank you for what you do and the love and wisdom you share. Listening to your podcast is a breath of fresh air. 
Second, I need some advice and wisdom and understanding without judgment. I am in a rut and just feel despair over my job. Ever since I can remember, I've worked 10 to 12 hour workdays. My commute to and from work can take one to one and a half hours, and I am someone who needs eight to nine hours of sleep. Otherwise, I have a foggy brain and I'm a nightmare to deal with. I rarely get to spend any time with my husband and just feel like my job is consuming who I am along with the wife I want to be. I'm tired. Finding myself in bouts of depression and just questioning why and what my purpose is. See, I know a simple answer would be to quit my job, but I haven't mentioned I am in the military. I have a contract and still have about a year and eight months to go. While I know ways to break the contract, they are all dishonorable and would require me to compromise my ethics and values. I just really need some inspiration and ways to stay positive and keep pushing through without these negative feelings and thoughts. Please help. Girl, I am tired reading this. I feel it in my bones. A weariness from working so hard. I wish I could just sit you in my trailer and let you sleep for a week. Will you make it another year and eight months? What will you lose in the process? How honorable does that feel? See, I want to talk solution with you because I so badly want to make this all go away. But before we do that, I wonder if you would even do it, the solutions. Or would your loyalty, ethics, and values keep you bound to this work? What would it take to help you shift your perspective and find a way out? Where do you rank in all of this as a human? I don't want to give you inspiration or a pep talk or tell you to keep on going because that sounds inhumane. I could not do that on good conscience because I feel like I wouldn't be helping you to honor yourself. I would only be validating your predicament. Based on your level of despair, it sounds like you qualify for therapeutic intervention. Would that at all affect your co contract? Is it something to think about maybe either way? Because sister, even though I am thankful there are people like you in the military, I am just as thankful there are people like you on this planet. And we need you wherever you work or serve. Don't lose yourself. Thank you, you guys, every one of you who wrote your letter for your vulnerability in writing and thinking and asking and seeking. I hope you take solace in this place. Know that you are heard. Your words are received and treasured and poured over and held with such love and respect. And thank you for listening. I also think of you throughout the week. I wonder who you are, where you are when you're listening, what you're going through. I wonder how these stories connect to your own. If you were all here with me in the trailer and I would pack you all in, I would be over the top today. I would for sure make us all hold hands and look each other in the eye and say something aloud like, keep coming back. <laughs> or, or there's beauty in us and through us and between us. Because I just want you all to know you're precious. You're precious. Today's episode was especially emotional, especially vulnerable, and especially timely. Suffering, loneliness, suicide, depression, abuse, all of that. 
Those are real issues affecting real people right now. Let's open our eyes. Let's open our ears. Let's open our hearts. If you see something, hear something, feel something, speak beauty to that person. Speak hope to that person. I see you. It's real. I love you. Let me help. How can I show up for you? We can make a difference. Wherever we are with whatever we have, we can make a difference. Let's do that. Take care of yourself this week. Take care of those around you. You're so worth it. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed what you heard. If you are interested in beginning your own work in therapy or coaching, you can go to www.elisesnipes.com. Follow me on Instagram at Elise Snipes Collective, where I will be sharing more with you throughout the week. You can get in touch with me to suggest a topic for the show or to ask a question from your own life you would like to have answered. Or just say hi by emailing me at elise at elisesnipes.com. Remember to subscribe on iTunes and tell your friends.